Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I'm your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, and the man who calls it right down the middle. Dion Tyree Gordon, enough of the bullshit. Let's get to work. Normally, typically, I talk about sports on this podcast, football, basketball, WWE, wrestling. Uh, I've done a boxing podcast before, a baseball podcast before. You know, I've talked about things outside of sports like politics and women who get upset about men playing video games and shit like that. Um, but I haven't talked about things outside of sports in a long time uh, because I've been so enamored with sports and, you know, football season, turning into basketball season, the NBA playoffs. There's so much going on in sports that that's what's piqued my interest and attention predominantly over any other subject going on in the world right now. And as far as not talking about politics anymore is because I became so disillusioned with the process. I gave up on politics. Once I came to the realization and the understanding that it really doesn't matter who the president is, the country's still going to be in shambles, and that our political process is nothing more than a corporate duopoly where two major mainstream parties own, run, and control everything, and they're controlled by big-time corporations, big banks, the military-industrial complex, the pharmaceutical industry. You know, they have their corporate donors, their corporate billionaire sponsors they have to adhere to and appease, and they're not really working for working-class, blue-collar, regular, everyday, average Joes like you and I. Once I came to that realization, I gave up. I said, fuck it. I'm not even going to talk about politics anymore because it doesn't even matter. It's a joke. So I moved on and I focused primarily on sports. However, last week there was a comment made by a woman named Ebony K. Williams that caused widespread controversy, social media arguments, folks going back and forth relentlessly about a simple comment that a woman made on her show about her own preferences about what she would like to do in a relationship, the kind of man she would like to be with. And a lot of people nationwide got their panties in a bunch about the comment that she made simply answering a question in a true, authentic, raw way. Her own honest answer to a question that she was asked by Iyanla Van Zant, who, if you don't know, is a motivational speaker, an attorney, a television personality. She was on Oprah many, many years ago and became a celebrity off of that. And she's talking to Ebony K. Williams on her show. Ebony K. Williams is also an attorney, a published author, has her own TV show, as, as I just stated, uh, has a doctorate, I think. You know, two very accomplished women, and they're talking about women being accomplished and what it takes for a woman to accomplish certain things and how a woman has to have masculine energy in the workplace when she moves up the corporate ladder in the hierarchy of of jobs. Simply put, it was two successful women having a conversation about successful women and the expectations of them in the workplace and trying to maintain their femininity in a predominantly masculine environment. That was the overall tone of the conversation. But during the conversation, Iyanla Van Zant asked Ebony K. Williams, as an attorney, would you date a bus driver? That was the question. Very simple question. Would you date a bus driver? Ebony K. Williams paused, gathered her thoughts, and simply said no. 
and then said maybe if he owned the bus company, then I could possibly date him. And that simple comment, an innocuous statement such as that, has set social media on fire. People are legitimately upset, pissed off, hot and bothered about this woman saying that she would not date a bus driver as an attorney and an accomplished woman who has a certain pedigree and has done certain things in her life to get to where she's currently at right now. A lot of people were like, well, what, what's wrong with being a bus driver? Are you job shaming people? Are you looking down your nose at bus drivers? Are you being bougie? Who do you think you are? You can make a lot of money being a bus driver. There's nothing wrong with being a bus driver. My daddy was a bus driver. My uncle was a bus driver. That's what people are saying. And you know what? I agree. There is nothing wrong with being a bus driver. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We need bus drivers. I'm a firm believer in public transportation. I'm a city boy. I prefer to be in big cities. You need bus drivers. You need public transit. You need people to operate the trains. These people are essential. There is nothing wrong with being a bus driver. Those are my real, true, legitimate thoughts. I say all that as someone who has my entire life worked blue-collar, regular, everyday jobs. I've never had... I'm not a lawyer, obviously. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an astrophysicist. I'm not a neurosurgeon. I don't fly planes. I've never had a job like that. I've been a, a busboy, a dishwasher. I worked at Arby's for nine months. I did fast food. I stocked shelves at a grocery store. I worked for four and a half years at Toys R Us Warehouse. I cut rebar metal before. I've done construction work on the side. I've dug ditches for a couple of weeks for some side money. I worked as I served four years in the United States Navy working on an aircraft carrier, working on a flight deck. I got out. I became a chemical production technician for a long time out in California. I've done maintenance work since then. So far be it from me to look down my nose at someone who drives a bus for a living. I would never do that. Quote unquote, job shaming is not something that I would do on the surface. However, within the context of what they're talking about, an attorney asking another attorney, would she date a bus driver? Within the context of that, it doesn't make any sense. I agree with Ebony K. Williams wholeheartedly, a thousand percent. I understand where she's coming from. It makes perfect sense to me, but to everyone else, they're like, well, what the fuck? Look at this bougie bitch. Who cares? Who cares what she has to say? That's why you're alone. That's why you're 40 and single. You're going to die alone. You're going to be a lonely cat lady. That's what people are saying. She's, she's being attacked online. People coming for her throat. She had to go in the breakfast club and try to explain her comments. Explain what? To me, it was pretty clear and to the point. As an attorney... It wouldn't make any sense. Truthfully, the question itself is utterly ridiculous. You got to ask the question, how, where, and why would an attorney and bus driver even meet each other to try to set up and establish a relationship together? You don't run in the same social circles. You ain't got the same friends. A lot of people will meet someone through a mutual friend. 
a bus driver and an attorney probably are not going to have a mutual friend. And even if they did, in the real world where Deion Tyree Gordon likes to exist, that attorney is not going to fuck with that bus driver. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm sick of people being delusional. I'm sick and tired of people acting like they're entitled to have everything and you can do anything and everything on this world just because it's something you want to do. Every do a lot of guys have massive egos. I'm a guy. I got an ego. I got a lot of friends that got egos. I've seen that. I've observed it. A lot of dudes think very highly of themselves and they are detached from reality. You're not living in the real world. What you want is not what you're qualified to get. I call it right down the middle. As I say in the intro of every podcast, I call shit right down the middle. I'm not going to sit here and just back up men just because I am a man. I call shit like I see it. A lot of dudes, a lot of brothers out here will talk about, I got expectations. I want a woman to have this, that, and the third. And women do the same thing too. Let's keep it a buck. A lot of folks on both sides got unrealistic expectations. And you got to ask yourself, you got to be transparent. You got to go look in the mirror and say to yourself, am I good enough right now? Am I qualified to get what I want as far as a woman or a man is concerned? Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean it can happen. Just, just because you desire something doesn't mean you're going to get it. If you're five feet, seven inches tall, and 289 pounds, and a lifetime basketball fan. You love basketball. The NBA, college, you love watching basketball on TV, and you had dreams of being a basketball player. If you're five feet seven, 289 pounds, and can't even jump over a phone book, guess what? You're never going to play in the NBA. It's not going to happen. You're not going to play for the Lakers. You're not going to play for the Celtics, the Warriors, the Heat, the Knicks, the Nuggets, the Suns, not even the fucking Hornets. You don't have the requisite athleticism to play in the NBA. You're not tall enough. Now, sure, there's been guys that are five feet, seven inches tall that have played in the NBA or even shorter than that, but they had elite athleticism. They were quicker than a hiccup. They were extraordinary athletes. They could run, they could jump, they were physically in shape. They were good enough to play in the NBA. Muggsy Bogues, Earl Boykins, Spud Webb, Isaiah Thomas that played for Boston a couple of years ago. You can play in the NBA at 5'7", but you got to be an extraordinary athlete to do it. And if you're 5 feet 7 inches tall and 289 pounds, the only way you can play in the NBA is on NBA 2K23. It's not going to happen. So many people... Nowadays, too many people nowadays are walking around with unrealistic expectations and they think that anything and everything can come to them just because they want it bad enough. If you drive a bus for a living, once again, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's okay. That's cool. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with being a bus driver. However, if you are driving a bus for a living, do not expect to get into a relationship with an attorney. It ain't going to happen. She's out of your league. You're trying to outkick your coverage. You don't bring enough to the table, especially Ebony K. Williams. 
said out of her own mouth, she's 40 years old. All right. We're talking about a 40 year old woman. Women in their 30s and their 40s are looking for a partner that can bring something to the table that's either on par with them or has more than them. Women, women look at men as providers, as protectors. They look at men for security. And when you get to a certain age, you're not playing games anymore. At least you shouldn't be. At least I would hope you're not. I'm 38. I'm grown. I'm in that age range. And I'm the same way. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be with a woman that makes $15 an hour working the front register at McDonald's. I'm not going to do that. No, I make a certain amount of money. I've had a certain amount of money. I'm not even trying to brag right now. I'm just stating facts. I'm just being honest. As a man who's made a certain amount of money, not not even to say I'm rich. I got enough money. I got enough money for me. But I'm not taking a step down. I'm not fucking with a woman that makes 15 bucks an hour. So I understand completely when a woman says, I'm not going to be with a man who makes so much less than I do. Because once again, women are looking for security and protection and for a man to provide for them. At this stage of the game, we talking about real shit now. We ain't talking about just getting together and fucking. We talking about building something, trying to grow together trying to establish something. And unless you got a woman out here who specializes in trying to save a man and look at a man as a reclamation project, which I think is stupid as shit too, because you got plenty of women that do that. You got women out here dating men who don't work, ain't had a job in five years, got multiple kids, got felonies. They owe like $200,000 in back child support pay or whatever. You know, women put up with that shit. And to me, that's stupid as hell. That's dumb. I look at women like that as fucking idiots. What's wrong with you? Stop trying to save people. Get a motherfucker that's qualified. I got no issue with Ebony K. Williams or any other woman maintaining a standard, having expectations, setting boundaries as grown-ass adults. That's how we should operate. You have standards. You have expectations. You set boundaries. You don't just settle. The whole conversation, the reaction to what she said to me is baffling. According to usnews.com, the average U.S. income for a lawyer is $148,000 a year. According to ZipRecruiter, the average salary for a bus driver is $29,000 a year. Now, that's a school bus driver. If you're driving a bus in a big city, you can make, let's say New York City uh, specifically, you can make about $81,000 driving a bus in New York City. That's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. That's a good job. However, $81,000 still is not $148,000. You're not on par. It's still a tremendous gap between $148,000 and $81,000. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. People got to stop being naive. Everyone thinks they can have everything. The ego is a motherfucker, especially with guys. As I said earlier, the ego is crazy. I'll never forget. Um, back when I still lived out in California, out in Oakland, there was a friend of mine, I guess a kind of sort of friend. I, I knew the guy. Uh, he was a security guard at Trader Joe's on Lakeshore Avenue in downtown Oakland, California. Nice guy, good dude. Uh, every time I go shopping there, we chop it up, talk shit, you know, shoot the breeze, whatever. Cool guy. However, 
he was completely detached from reality. He tried to get the attention of every single woman that walked inside of Trader Joe's. And then when those women ignored him, he would get upset. Oh, these, these bitches out here acting boozy nowadays. These bitches out here don't know what they want. They look down their nose, whatever. They full of themselves. Well, fuck you too, bitch. This, that, and the third. I've heard that and I've seen that from so many friends of mine over the years, so many guys I know. And I'm thinking to myself, brother, they know where you work at. You're at work right now. They see you in uniform. You, you are a security guard at Trader Joe's. Good luck trying to get with women while you're at work. Your best bet is to wait till you get off of work. This guy, first of all, he worked out a lot. Big dude, big arms, big chest, all that. Big, strong guy. He thought because he was a big, strong guy, he looked like a bodybuilder. He thought that was enough. And very confident in himself, very cocky, very arrogant, big ego. And this guy just couldn't believe, did not understand why none of the women he tried to get the attention of wanted to even talk to him. He felt like, well, I'm a big guy. I work out. I got this going for me. I drive a nice car, blah, blah, blah. These bitches should be falling in line. That's what he thought. That's what he told me. He would then complain about, so many women in the Bay Area having skinny boyfriends that don't work out or sloppy fat dudes. His body looks better than those guys' body does. He's in shape. He can bench 405. He can squat 315 and whatever the fuck. He's a big guy. He felt like he was entitled to having all the women just fawn all over him because he's a big motherfucker. Here's the problem. They see you at work and you're working at Trader Joe's as an unarmed security guard, more than likely making about $15 an hour because you're not carrying a weapon. You're unarmed and you work security at Trader Joe's. They see you. You're in uniform. They're not going to fuck with you. Those skinny guys you're complaining about prob probably got a lot of money or they do something that gives them income that's greater than yours. In today's world, that's, that's not important. It's important to work out. I go to the gym on a regular basis. There's nothing wrong with working out and taking care of your body. But for a woman, as far as a woman's concerned, as far as a relationship is concerned, there's got to be more than just the aesthetics. We can't buy a house because you have big biceps unless you get paid a lot of money to work out, unless you're like a personal trainer that's making upper five figures or six figures, but you're not. You're working security as an unarmed security guard at Trader Joe's making 15 bucks an hour. Your rear delts, your lats, your quads, your pecs can't pay for anything. It doesn't matter. Women want a motherfucker that brings something to the table. And why not? As men, we should have the same exact standards. This, this, this is just me. This is my opinion. As far as I'm concerned, you got to be in a relationship with someone who financially is, is comparable to you and vice versa. Once upon a time, when I was living out there in the Bay, I dated a woman who made six figures. She made more money than I did. I was a chemical production technician. I made good money. I made about 35 an hour working a 12-hour shift. The last four hours of the shift is time and a half. It turns into about 48, 49 an hour. I was bringing home pretty good money. 
She made more than I did, though. I had no issue with that. I checked my ego at the door. I wasn't even hung up on that. It is what it is because we were still comparable. It still made sense, and we could still do shit together. And it's not so much of a, a disparity in income. It's, we're not worried about the money. We can, her and I can get together and be bougie together. I'm bougie. She's bougie. It worked. It made sense. One day, laying in bed, I asked this woman point blank, would you date me if I was making 30 or 40 grand a year? If I wasn't making the money I'm making, would you date me? She did the same thing that Ebony K. Williams did. She struggled, hesitated, paused, gathered herself and said, probably not. Probably not. It would be hard. That was her answer. Verbatim. Probably not. It would be hard. I'd have to think about it. I respect that. I got all the respect in the world for that answer. It's a true, honest, authentic answer. I'm not mad about that because if the shoe was on the other foot, I would not date a woman making a dramatic amount less than I'm making. That doesn't work. I can't do it. We got we to gotta go places together. We're in a relationship. Never mind paying bills, buying groceries or whatever. I'm talking about going out, having fun, going to a nice restaurant, going on wine tours, going to sporting events, concerts. Her and I got together one day, spur of the moment, spontaneously, out the blue. She called me up and said, uh, I want to go see Usher in Las Vegas. He's doing a residency at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Let's go next week or in a couple of days. We didn't plan this shit out. There was no time to save up a lot of money. It just so happened she had the money to make it happen. I had, to, I had the money to make it happen. She said, you can pay for the tickets and the flight, and I'll pay for the room for a couple of days. Now, this is Caesars Palace in Las Vegas on the strip we're talking about. This is a lot of money for those rooms. And it's Usher doing a residency at Caesars Palace. These tickets were not cheap. I didn't even sweat. I didn't worry about it at all. I just said, oh, all right, cool. Let's go next week. Let's go, out. Let's go have some fun in Vegas and go watch Usher. And, and we did, and we had a great time. You can do that when you're in a relationship with someone who's comparable to you from a financial standpoint. Now, let's say she's making, let's say she's an attorney, and she, she had a law degree, by the way, as a matter of fact. This was an accomplished woman that I was dating. She had a law degree. She was um, a director of equity and inclusion at a very prestigious private school in Oakland, California. Each kid at this school, to give you an idea of what kind of school this was, each kid at this school cost $47,000. Andre Iguodala from the Golden State Warriors, his kids went to that school. Trent Williams, my man Trent Williams, left tackle from my beloved San Francisco 49ers. You see, no matter what podcast subject I'm talking about, the 49ers have to get interjected into the conversation somehow, some way. Trent Williams had daughters going to this school. So we're talking about professional athletes that got their kids going to this private school. And she worked there as a director of equity and inclusion. Our first date, she told me what her job title was. I looked at her and said, I never even heard of that before. I don't, know, I don't even know what that is. I was very impressed. But let's, let's say, for the sake of argument, for this conversation, for the context of what we're talking about, let's say She's an attorney bringing home $148,000 a year, and I'm driving a bus, and I'm making forty dollars a year. If we go see Usher, more than likely, she's paying for the whole thing. 
I probably can't afford it. Or if she asked me on a fucking Tuesday, hey, I want to go see Usher in Vegas on Thursday, I got to say, babe, I got to think about it. I got to save some money up. I don't have enough money. I can't do it. I got to pay for this, this, and this. I'm tired up right now. I can't afford that. Let's go see him in December. No, she wants to go right now. We can make this happen if we're financially comparable, if we're financially distant. Either she paying for the whole thing or we just, we're not going and we're not having fun. Her and I would go on date nights once a week. Usually it's a fancy, nice, affluent restaurants all over the Bay Area. Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco. It's very expensive. And every, usually every date night we had, the bill was somewhere north of $150, somewhere. We used to go to a Brazilian steakhouse in downtown Oakland. That shit going to run you about $300. All you can eat is one, is one of those places where they come and like carve the meat off a, off a stick or whatever onto your, onto your plate. You know, one of them kind of places. Very fancy, very nice. The food's great. The wine's great. Everything's great. But the bill's going to cost you about $250, $300 somewhere in that ballpark. If I don't make enough money, she's going to pay for that too. And now as a man, that's a hit to my pride. That's a hit to my ego. I feel like less of a man. I can't afford to take my woman out. I can't afford to take my lady out on a night on the town to somewhere nice. Or we can't even go to that place. We got to go somewhere. We can go to McDonald's. We can go to Burger King. We can hit up Taco Bell. We can go to In-N-Out Burger, some bullshit place like that. But we can't go to Galento's in downtown Oakland unless she's paying for the whole thing. And as a man, I'm going to feel like less of a man because I can't afford to take my woman out. And more than that's going to cause friction. That's going to cause problems. If a woman making 148 grand a year is dating a man making 30, 40, 50 grand a year, more than likely she's going to punk that man out. Let's call it what it is. At some point in time, she's going to punk that man out. If they get into a heated, contentious argument, trust and believe that woman's going to bring the fact up that she's the breadwinner. She makes significantly more than you do. She pays all the bills. She bought this house. She bought you a car. All kinds of shit. She's going to throw that in your face. And it's going to cause friction. It's going to cause problems in the relationship. You're asking for trouble. If that woman makes so much more than you do, 148 grand, and you bringing home 40, 50 grand, she's going to have you outside cutting the grass, wearing a skirt. You're going to be her bitch. Let's call it what it is. Please, for the love of God, join me in reality. I'm tired of people living in la-la land, living in the land of milk and honey, their own falsely created world, their own phony-ass view of the world. I hate this. I hate how people talk about shit. I hate the fact that people are legitimately upset about someone expressing their own opinion and acting as if people on a daily basis do not have preferences and things they look for in someone. Obviously, Everything starts with the physical attraction. Before you even meet someone and get to know them, you're going to see them first. So you see them and you're like, okay, I like that person. She looks good. She has big tits. She has a nice ass. Oh, she got pretty feet too. Okay. I like her hair. I like her face. Nice skin tone. Nice complexion. She got, she got a nice body. Nice legs. All that. She dressed nice. She got a sundress on. And look, look at the way her ass is poking out the back of that sundress. 
The physical is what catches your attention first. Then you have a conversation. You talk to someone, you get to know them, and then you ask them certain questions because dating, in a lot of ways, mirrors applying for a job and going on a job inter interview. You know, you, you submit a cover letter, a resume, your application, and then you have the interview. If all that shit's good first, you got to clear that barrier first. Then you get invited for the job interview, and you got to show up and look a certain way and dress nice, and you got to carry yourself a certain way, and you have to be articulate and answer questions a certain way and try to sell yourself to that job in the hopes that they're going to hire you. Going on a date, dating, the exact same premise. You got to look a certain way, present yourself a certain way. You got to catch the eye and the attention of that woman you're trying to get with, or that man, I'm not going to judge. It is what it is, but my point is there's certain selling points you have to have because everybody, whether they want to admit it or not, has preferences, certain things you look for and like in someone. Now, even though I compared dating to applying for a job, there's one area where there's a clear difference between dating and applying for a job. A job, based, by, based on law, has to be equal opportunity. They can't discriminate against anyone based off race or gender or sexual preference, or at least they're not supposed to. However, if you're choosing a partner, if you're choosing someone to date and fuck with, you can discriminate. It's not equal opportunity. You don't, you're not running a charity. You don't have to just take someone just for the sake of taking someone. Everybody has preferences. If you were to ask me, point blank, Dion, would you date a crackhead, a recovering drug addict? No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go to work and then come home and see all my shit is gone because my crackhead girlfriend sold all my possessions to buy some crack rocks. That's not going to happen. No, I'm not dating a crackhead. I got a female friend of mine, one of my homegirls, told me about a week ago, she told me, she once broke up with a guy because he got a cat. He went out and bought a cat. And to her, that was a deal breaker. She broke up with him because of a cat. That's fine. She doesn't like cats. It's not even a medical thing. She's not even allergic to the cats. She just doesn't like cats. That's her prerogative. The same way as Ebony K. Williams' prerogative to not date a man that's driving a bus for a living because that's not what she wants. Something else people don't like to talk about or don't want to admit, everybody, when they make casual small talk, is going to ask someone, hey, what do you do? Where do you work at? What career field are you in? When, they're, when they ask that question, what they are doing is trying to calculate the amount of respect they're going to give you. Now, if you tell someone, you know, I'm, I'm an airplane, I'm an air, airline pilot, I fly planes for Delta Airlines. They're going to be like, whoa, shit, that's great, man. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. That's exciting. That sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. They respect you. That's a respectable job. It sounds impressive. And most importantly, if you tell someone that you are an airline pilot, they already know you make at least six figures, especially if you fly for Delta the best airline in the world, my favorite airline, if you fly for Delta, you make six figures, probably upper six figures. So they're going to respect you. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if someone asked you, hey, what do you do? 
What career field are you in? What's your job? And you tell that person you stock shelves overnight at Walmart? There's no respect. Rights are wrong. Really, it, it is wrong. It is fucked up for people to think that way. That's wrong. A job is a job. It is what it is. But they're not going to respect you. N not nearly as much as the Delta airline pilots. They know he makes six figures. They know you barely make 15 an hour. So that's just what it, this is reality. Once again, the place that Dion Tare Gordon exists at, reality. That's how people act. Rights or wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, you agree with it or not. I'm just telling you what it is. That's how people are, especially women. You tell a bitch that you fly planes for Delta, her panties, her pussy gets wet. You tell a bitch you stock shelves overnight at Walmart, her pussy is bone dry. She's going to walk away from you. She ain't trying to hear that. If you stock shelves overnight at Walmart, your best bet is to hook up with another person, another a woman. Find a, find a broad that works alongside of you. Fuck one of your coworkers. Because you ain't getting that attorney or that doctor or that CEO of a, a, a Fortune 500 corporation. You ain't getting that. It's not going to happen. Y'all don't hang out in the same places. You ain't got the same friends. You're not in the same tax bracket. She's out of your league. And too many people don't understand that. Men and women don't understand that. Now, I will say this. As far as, far as like accomplished, successful women, I'll never forget. Me and, me and the lady I was dating out in the Bay Area, um, one day we went to a music festival in Berkeley, California. It was most deaths. Black on Both Sides 20th Anniversary Tour. It was featuring, obviously, most deaf, uh, the great Erica Badu, um, Souls of Mischief, Slick Rick, and Busta Rhymes. All right, pretty, a really a nice concert. It was a good time, a lot of fun. Erica Badu is a dream come true. That's a badass woman. Seeing her in person, seeing her perform, she had me mesmerized. I was in, I was in a trance. She had me hypnotized really from about a hundred feet away but that that's neither here nor there we went to this concert with eight of her friends all of which were successful black women they were ceos of companies they were head, heads of other private schools they had money they had pedigree they were successful accomplished women and they were all there alone they were all single the only woman out the bunch that had a man with her was my lady who obviously was there with me. These other eight women, as accomplished as they are, their job titles being what it is, they all got degrees, they've all done a lot of shit, but they're currently, or at least at that time anyway, they were single. They're at this concert by themselves. So I guess the question has to be asked, how come successful black women can't get with successful black men or any man of any race? That's, that's a different conversation because we're talking about an attorney being with a bus driver. How come a female black attorney can't get with a male black attorney or a male doctor or whatever? That's a different conversation. Ebony K. Williams currently is single. She admitted that. She's 40 and single. She also said that she's had no success trying to date, and she's dated different men of different backgrounds, different races, whatever, and she's still single. 
Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe she has a fucked up attitude. Maybe she's a cunt in real life. Maybe her pussy stinks. I don't know. Um, but there's got to be there's got to be some answer, some reason for that. She's a, a good looking, attractive woman. We, we're not talking about some ugly ass woman. She's a good looking, attractive woman. Got a nice face, nice hair, nice body, whatever. Dressed nice. Obviously has a lot of money. She should be appealing for guys. Now, maybe maybe her standards are a little bit too high. Uh, even for the men in her own tax bracket. Maybe she is demanding and asking for a lot and asking for too much. I don't know. I never met this woman personally, even though I just said her pussy stinks. But I completely understand what she's saying and the uh, standpoint that she's saying it from. And it bothers me that we live in a society where people act as if you can't have your own opinion I think it's the dumbest, stupidest, most ridiculous shit in the world that people have to explain why they said what they said, have to explain why they have their own opinion and be hated and vilified and persecuted because they have their own opinion that differs from other people. The other angle that people tried to attack her on was that she was putting down black men. First of all, not every bus driver is a black man. I've seen white bus drivers, Mexican bus drivers, etc. So to me, that's just stupid to say that. Not every bus driver is a brother, number one. Number two, how is that, how is that an attack on black men from a black woman to say that she's not going to date a bus driver? People, people just be out here reaching like Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam. They just say things and try to create false narratives and have bias and agendas and different people people want to be mad that's the world we live in right now people want to be pissed off about something i don't understand that i don't want to be pissed off it just naturally happens people do and say stupid shit and it bothers me but someone expressing their opinion really ain't gonna bother me that much that's your opinion that's the way you feel and there's such an arrogance amongst people nowadays where they're trying to get you to think and feel and believe everything they think and feel and believe. And that's, nar that's narcissistic behavior, if I ever saw it. This mob mentality is reflective of narcissistic and arrogant people who really can't believe that other folks think differently than them. Stupid, narcissistic, arrogant, entitled mentality that a lot of people have and exhibit and to me it's annoying as shit i hate people like that why can't i have my own thoughts and going back to the the premise that she's putting down black men by saying that she would never date a bus driver what's the implication in that statement are we saying that every black man has a low-paying job you got plenty of brothers out here that are doctors and lawyers and engineers and chemists themselves and air, airline pilots or whatever. I've seen people, I've seen brothers flying for Delta before. I've seen that. You got plenty of brothers out here that are making legitimate, serious, real money without having to be a basketball player, a rapper, a drug dealer, or any other job or any other stereotype that people would attach to an affluent black man that has money. Now, as far as the reasons why those those brothers that got money are not getting with those sisters that got money 
It could be a lot of reasons. It could be a plethora of reasons for that. Number one could be, and I hate to say this, but it's facts. It's true. Once a lot of brothers get on and start making a lot of money and get up in, in higher tax brackets and start running in different circles and being introduced to different people and going to different events and things of that nature, they start to deviate from black women. Even, or really, even poor broke motherfuckers, poor broke brothers that ain't doing shit don't like black women. That, that is true. That's, a, that's another angle right there. A lot of brothers that got money or even broke brothers ain't trying to be with a black woman. I've heard over the years, I've heard brothers say stupid ass shit such as, you know, I'm, I'm a dark skinned black man. I would never be with a dark skinned black woman. I don't want my kids to be ugly. Okay. Those same brothers will hook up with either a white woman, a Hispanic woman, an Asian woman, and nine months later produce a beige gargoyle. Your kids are still ugly. And not only are your kids ugly, but their father is a handkerchief head Negro. So those beige gargoyles are going to grow up to be self-hating Negroes because their father is a handkerchief head Negro who taught them how to be a sellout, a coon, a porch monkey, a jigaboo, and hate their own people. That happens all the time. This whole gender war that exists between black men and black women, brothers and sisters, to me, is the most idiotic bullshit in the entire world. Oh my fuck, I hate that. I can't stand that. And I know for a fact, I know this, there are brothers who might listen to this podcast who are going to accuse me of being a simp, of pandering, of kissing black women's ass, or trying to look for a date, whatever. They're going to call me a beta male? Ooh, all the Kevin Samuels disciples. Where y'all at, brothers? How y'all doing? Y'all alpha males, right? And I'm a beta male because I advocate for black women. I'm a piece of shit right now. Y'all brothers are some homies over hoes type of brothers. Y'all need to come out the closet. Because the way y'all talk about women tells me y'all don't even like women. And behind closed doors, you probably have a banana in the tailpipe. Come out the closet, stop being down low, and just admit you don't like women. Especially all these brothers that got podcasts. That all they do is, is shit on black women, denigrate black women, say derogatory things about women in general, really, but it's typically black women that they go out their way to excoriate and talk about like they're dogs. I don't understand that. I love women. Specifically, I love black women. There ain't nothing on this earth better than a black woman. So if I'm a beta male and a simp, because I advocate for black women, then fuck it. I'm a beta male and a simp. And you can be an alpha male with a banana in your tailpipe all you want to. You can hang out with all your homies, homies over hoes, and y'all can get together and shit on black women and women in general all day, and y'all brothers can have each other. Your own, your own circle jerk, your own sausage fest, because y'all can't stand women, but you're too cowardly to come out the closet and admit you'd rather have dick. That's how y'all brothers get down. That's how y'all sound to me. I'm telling you, I can hear it now. Brothers out here saying, oh, man, Dion sound like a simp, man. He putting pussy on the pedestal, man. Over here caping for all these dumbass bitches nowadays that don't know what the fuck they want. Acting all bougie and sadiddy, looking down their nose at brothers. Shut the fuck up, man. I ain't stunting what you're talking about. Y'all brothers out of pocket. Admit when you're wrong. Check your ego at the door. Women are not going to fuck with you if you don't make enough money. If your job and your social economic status is subpar, good luck. 
Stay with other broke people. Get with a woman that does the same shit you do. If you stacking boxes in a warehouse, get with a woman that also stacks boxes in a warehouse or has a comparable job. I don't, I don't know why this is so hard. I don't know why people don't understand this. So many brothers got too much ego. I knew a brother years ago that told me that he felt like if he bought a, a woman a drink, that should be enough. That should compel her to come over and talk to him as if like it's, it's transactional, I guess. That's all you need, right? That's all you need to do is buy a woman a drink and she's obligated to come talk to you. No, all you did was buy her a drink. Go over there and talk to her, spit your game and talk your shit, but just buying her a drink, that's not enough. That's crazy. That's bonkers. And this brother, this brother wasn't even making real money in, his, in, in life, in real life. He wasn't doing shit, but he told me that he felt like if you buy a woman a drink, that should be enough. People are fucking crazy nowadays. People, if people want to listen to me say the things I'm saying on this particular podcast where I'm supporting Ebony K. Williams and her opinion about not wanting to lower herself or even, even water down her own standards, ignore her own standards, disregard her pedigree, the work she's put in her life, and have her own preferences. If folks want to hear me talk on this podcast and say, you're not holding women accountable. They don't, they don't know me very well. I hold everybody accountable. I don't give a goddamn who you are, man, woman, child, black, white, Mexican, Asian, whatever, whatever box you circle on your job application. I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm holding everybody accountable. Friends of mine, motherfuckers I know, people I grew up with, went to school with, served in the Navy with. I don't care who you are. At some point or another, I'm going to hold you accountable. I hold everybody accountable. Ask any ex-girlfriend of mine about the arguments we got into. I held them accountable. Are there ridiculous, nonsensical, stupid, ain't shit men out here? Yeah. At the same time, are there ridiculous, nonsensical, garbage, ain't shit women out here? Also, yeah. Plenty of them. I meet them on a regular basis, unfortunately. I was quick story, story time with Uncle Dion. I'm downtown Mobile, Alabama a while ago, all right? I go to my favorite spot in downtown Mobile, Alabama, right here on Dolphin Street, a place called Kazula. This is a place primarily of older, mature black folks, my age and up, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Old school, laid back vibe. On the weekends, they got a band in the front. They got a kitchen in the middle. They got a, a outdoor lounge in the back. And then behind that, they got a cigar lounge. Pretty nice setup, right? And it's a place, like I said, where mature, older black folks go to hang out. I'm down there. This, this, this story happened a while ago. I'm down there doing my thing, minding my own business, you know, drinking or whatever, having Hennessy, Hennessy straight on the rocks. Hennessy straight on the rocks because their bartenders are trash and they can't mix a good drink, but it is what it is. It's a black-owned business. I don't mind going in there to support, and I prefer to be around my own people. I don't mind saying that out loud. I don't, I'm going to have my own opinion. Deion Tyree Gordon is no longer going to compromise himself to placate and appease other people. Fuck that. That's my opinion. I prefer to be around other black people. That's why I go to this place called Kazula, downtown Mobile, Alabama. So anyway, I'm in there, minding my own business, doing my thing, having my Hennessy straight on the rocks, looking at my phone. A sister, a black woman, walks up to me and says, hey, why are you in here by yourself? 
How come you ain't talking to nobody? I said, because I'm waiting on you to come over here and give me your phone number. She laughed. That sparked a conversation or whatever. We start talking for about 15 minutes, 15-minute conversation. At the 15-minute mark, this woman who I just met 15 minutes ago has the audacity, the unmitigated gall, the temerity to say to me, can you cash app me $150? She says this in all seriousness. She was real about this. She meant this. She wanted me to cash app her $150. Now, if I was the kind of motherfucker that put pussy on a pedestal, and was a beta male and a simp, I would have obliged. I would have given her the money. Instead of doing that, I cussed her the fuck out. I looked at her and I said, now wait a minute, can you repeat that again? It's pretty loud in here. I want you to say that again. She looked at me once again, full confidence, full conviction, and said, can you cash at me $150? I looked at her as if she had a turd hanging out of her mouth, and I said to her, I just met you 15 minutes ago. You have not sucked my dick, and I don't know what your pussy looks like. Why the fuck are you asking me for $150? Are you fucking serious? She, got, she had the nerve to get offended. She got upset. She said, what you mean? You, can't, you, you shouldn't talk to me that way. I said, you shouldn't be asking me for $150. Get the fuck out of here. I got up, paid my tab, walked out, went home. Get the fuck out of here. That's trash. So if I was the kind of guy to put pussy on a pedestal, I would have given her the money. But I'm not because I hold people accountable. You cannot just ask someone for $150 and expect to get that money. Are you fucking crazy? There's trash people on both sides of the fence. Trash men, trash women. There's a whole society of trash out here. What you have to do, what's incumbent upon you, if you're a single person right now, you're trying to find somebody to be with and you're trying to navigate through these muddy waters you have to do your due diligence. As I said earlier, you got to treat this like it's a job interview. Do a background search. Do a credit search. Do all of that. Hook somebody up to a polygraph test if you need to. Ask for like three references. Have them submit a proposal, a cover letter, a resume, and an application. Do all of that. You have to do your due diligence and you have to be like Ebony K. Williams and have standards, expectations, boundaries, and be strict about all of that. And never, under any circumstance, water yourself down to someone else to appease other people, to placate other people. I don't care if someone doesn't like what I say. I don't care if someone doesn't like my opinion. This is me. This is who I am. True, raw, genuine, authentic. Dion Tyree Gordon, take it or leave it. If you want to take it, fine. If you want to leave it, fuck you, go away. It is what it is. Don't ever water yourself down just to appease somebody else. And don't look at people as reclamation projects. I'm not here to save anybody. I'm not. I'm 38. I'm not trying to save a woman. If a woman ain't got her shit together, she won't be with me. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You have to do your due diligence and find someone that is not that not only is attractive to you, but they bring something to the table. They got things to offer. As a man, do you look at that woman and see the future mother of your children? 
Do you see someone that you can build and bond and grow with and get old with and be sitting in a rocking chair, sipping lemonade on the front porch of your house when you're 80 years old? Do you have, does that woman have values? Does that woman remind you of all the good, consistent traits you saw growing up in your household from your mother or your grandmother? And that, that's something else that Ebony K. Williams said during that interview with Yanla Van Zant that I found profound and poignant. She said her father was absent. She never knew her father growing up. And I think that, you know, women that have father issues plays a role in the way they look at and evaluate men. They have trust issues. They never met their father before or their father treated them like shit. He was absent. He was whatever. And that leads to women having trust issues. The very first man in a woman's life is her father. And that's going to shape and mold her outlook and the way she views men and, and goes about choosing a partner. She's Typically, a woman is going to look for a man that exhibits the same traits as her father because that's the first man in her life. Typically, most of the time, that's kind of how it goes. Vice versa. Us men are looking for women that exhibit traits that we saw from our mother, our grandmother, our great aunt, whatever woman raised you. You're looking for women that kind of, sort of have personality traits that remind you of that. You see they're good women. You see they can take care of a household. They can nurture. They can cook. They can clean. They can raise kids. If a woman has a fucked up relationship with her father, she's probably more than likely going to have a fucked up relationship with men. Or it can go a different direction. It could be she's looking for too many traits from her father in, in a, another man, in a partner or whatever. She's looking for a man to be a carbon copy, to be an exact replica of her father, and that's impossible. It's not going to happen. Men do the same thing. A lot of men are looking for women that are, that are a carbon copy or a, an exact replica of their, of their mother. Same thing. It's impossible. So there, there, there's a lot of layers to this, and it's a very nuanced conversation. I'm always happy to have it because I'm always happy to have interesting conversations with people of substance. I don't care about small talk. I like talking to people about real shit. So in closing, people have got to be real with themselves, especially us men. Check your ego at the door. As my grandmother used to always say to me, put your pride in your suitcase. Be honest. Be real with yourself. Where are you at in life? How much money are you making are you secure? Is your mental health any good right now? Are you mentally and psychologically and emotionally equipped to be out here trying to date? And women should ask themselves the same exact question. How's your mental health? Where are you working at? Are you in good physical shape to be dating right now? To me, I consider everything. I consider everything under the sun. But people have got to check their ego at the door because they're just outlandish right now. And people have unrealistic expectations. And this applies to me. I already know there's certain women I can't get right now. I don't make enough money. I don't look a certain way. I'm not good enough. Right now in the background on my TV screen is a, a show on Fox Sports called Speak starring uh, Joy Taylor, formerly of Skip and Shannon and Colin Cowherd, a very attractive, voluptuous woman, banging-ass body, big titties, great-looking face, great skin, great complexion, nice feet, nice everything. 
I know for a fact I can't get with her. She makes more money than I do, and she's in a different league. She's, she talks about sports on television. She hangs around athletes all the time. I cannot get with her right now. In my current state, I can't get with her. No, it would be impossible. It's impossible. It could not happen. Like I said earlier, it's like, it's like being five feet, seven inches tall, 289 pounds, and being incapable of jumping over a phone book and thinking you can play in the NBA. It can't happen. Certain things in life can't happen. She's out of my league. I'm not even in the same ballpark as her. Not even close. She's playing center field for the Yankees. I'm in single A ball in Durham, North Carolina. I can't get with her. I know this. I check my ego at the door. I got no issue in saying that. It is what it is, man. And more people need to do that. Evaluate yourself and be honest about who you are and where you're at in life right now, your mental health, your financial health, your physical health, and ask yourself the question, should I even be trying to date right now? And stop getting upset at folks simply voicing their own true, authentic, real, raw opinion. That is corny, that is stupid, that is lame. So... With all of that being said, this concludes this edition of the Dion Gordon Podcast. Eternally grateful, always humble, and very much appreciative. And remember, broke dudes with stupid, out-of-control egos tread lightly like a woodpecker with a headache. Until next time, picture me rolling. I'm out.